The Zachary James episode of Juicy Interludes with Angela was recorded on March 26, 2020, six weeks before the terrible events that his families endured. He has asked me to read the following statement. Thank you sincerely for the outpouring of love and support for our family as we deal with the horrific and deeply personal tragedy. The Verismo Mag family wishes to send their sincerest condolences to Zachary James and to his family. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Juicy Interludes with Angela. How do you become an opera singer? Well, from my experience, you get your undergraduate degree for performance from a music school or conservatory and then your graduate degree. You then take part in one or maybe two young artist programs. And by the time you hit your late 20s, you should be ready for an agent or career on the stage. But who says you have to go that route to become one? In comes bass Zachary James a Broadway baby discovered by composer-director Philip Glass. James created the roles of Abraham Lincoln in The Perfect American and the role of Amenhotep III in the award-winning production of Akhenaten, both composed by Glass. But who is Zachary James? Why the jump from Broadway to opera? Why the very risque video on YouTube or the openness about his addiction battles on Instagram? I'm very curious to know. So without further ado, please welcome bass Zachary James. Tell me who Zachary James is. Who who are you? I, I mean, I, I, I've heard of you because of the, the, the recent things that you've done. And of course I did my research for the podcast, but if it was someone that wasn't in opera, I mean, someone who didn't follow opera, and they they just remembered you from say from the Adams family, and all of a sudden, boom! Here you are in this opera piece. Uh, I maybe somebody might be a little confused as to who he is. So, in your own words, who who are you? Yeah, you know, at, at the root of it, uh, I'm the same as I was when I was in elementary school. I'm a shy kid <laughs> from a small town in the middle of nowhere in Florida. Mm-hmm. I. You know, um, I've always been really independent and, um, you know, I have a big heart. That's, mm-hmm. that's a big part of who I am and I can't really get away from that and, mm-hmm. um, I'm okay with it. I'm very sensitive, mm-hmm. um, sometimes to a fault, but it also, I recognize it's what makes me the artist I am mm-hmm. is that sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I love people i love making people laugh and smile and, mm-hmm. and that's why i love being an entertainer um you know when i was a kid i, I grew up in a really rough household mm-hmm. and my parents split when i was five and then i had two rough households mm-hmm. and i kind of recognized really early on that i could go in the bathroom and take the toilet seat cover off and put it on my head and like go put on a pair of my mom's high heels and the <laughs> the turmoil would stop and people started laughing. Oh, okay. And, okay. you know, I recognized like entertainment, um, the value of entertainment in that moment that it could actually just cut the tension Absolutely. and make things better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's kind of who I still am. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this it's not a toilet seat this time. It's, it's no, it's, it's gold. <laughs> it's gold all over your body and, and, yes. uh, 
and a little g-string so right. <laughs> whatever they give me that's whatever they give me that's <laughs> um the late night snacks cabaret maybe this time youtube video um yeah i can't remember when i last time i saw opera singer like really reveal itself unless they were on stage during a production and the director had given them a, the the uh the okay to do so um, and your singing was absolutely wonderful. What was that about? And why did you decide to wear that costume? Yeah, well, um, Late Night Snacks was this kind of off-campus, late-night, raunchy, opera Philadelphia festival event. Okay. And um, I had seen some of the other performers and evenings and everyone was doing crazy stuff. And it seems like just the venue where there were no rules. There was kind of a menu put out each night for mm -hmm. the audience. Like, this is what you can expect. Mm -hmm. You know, there will be nudity, whatever. So um, how did I come up with this thing? Well, it was kind of like a Sally Bowles fantasy. Right. Um, you know, I opened that number. I did uh, the Exquisa, the Ronaldo Hahn song, uh -huh. and then transitioned into maybe this time <laughs> and in, in my strange head they that made sense okay <laughs> um but uh you know i did this french art song in this wig and like a trench coat and then you know the next phase of that right. was this complete right. reveal of this um this being but um you know i have that musical theater background and, right and that was less risque than some stuff I've done on musical theater stages. Wow. And it just felt normal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I heard you say that it was sponsored by Opera Philadelphia. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't see that yes. in the, in the post. And so, but well, I guess that, that boils into my, that moves into the next question, you know, something like that. If I had done something like that back in the day, no one would ever hire me ever again. So yeah. I'm trying to figure out, well, this is the next question. Um, uh, did you think it was okay to post it? And um, in the back of the mind, in your mind, did you think that it might stop you from getting hired maybe from some of the major companies? Did you think you would get to get away with it just because you were a man? Great questions. I kind of didn't really think about any of that, <laughs> which is... That's very on brand for me. I, I just do things and don't really think about it. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, I put it on YouTube and, you know, some people watched it, whatever. I don't have a lot of followers on YouTube. I put it on Instagram and that's yes. where I have a lot of followers and yes. people started freaking out. <laughs> and then I put it on Facebook where I have a completely different <laughs> group of people. Wow. Wow. And, um, that's where people really freaked out because, um, I would say in general, my Facebook crowd is an older group yes. and they're not on Instagram and they don't see a lot of the risque put, stuff I put on Instagram. <laughs> so right, right. They were shocked. Um, but uh, I didn't really think about, you know, getting hired or not because of it. Um, I knew it wouldn't be everyone's taste, mm -hmm. but I felt good about it artistically and felt very much like it was part of who I am as an artist. And especially coming from a musical theater background and getting into opera late, I kind of, you know, in Broadway, they have Broadway bears where like you pay a lot of money to see every performer on Broadway get totally naked for Broadway cares. Wow. Fights AIDS. Okay. That's so like a very normal thing to take off your clothes. <laughs> oh gosh. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So coming from that world, like 
I didn't even think about it in a weird way. <laughs> okay. Now, now that you are thinking about it, um, yes. Now that you are thinking about, it, do you do you think a woman could have gotten away with it and you still know, been hired as a Violetta or a, you know a, 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 through a through a major company? I think it would depend on the company. I think some mm -hmm. companies would respond very positively to mm -hmm. an artist um, voicing themselves that way, and I mm -hmm. think some won't. And mm -hmm. I think it's the same with individuals. And I've certainly found, um, I'm finding the companies and people who um, appreciate what I do and the many aspects of it and want to work with me. And, um, and then there's the companies that I'm too crazy for you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> and mm -hmm. and i'm okay with that because maybe it wouldn't okay. be a good experience working with them well, that moves into the next question you know yeah. opera broadway cabaret television film um you you've done it all you you've run the yeah. gamut um is this how you planned your career to be oh no um you know i my big goal was to be on broadway and i was i got really lucky and i got on broadway like six months after i moved to new york wow. Total big break mm -hmm. and um came with a lot of challenges my first show closed after uh three weeks mm. unexpectedly mm -hmm. so um you know i thought it was this big moment and it just crashed and um you know i, I worked really hard and auditioned like five days a week for years and got a couple other Broadway shows, but mm -hmm. that was my big goal. Um, I tinkered in opera. My voice teacher suggested I try it out and I enjoyed it. And I certainly enjoyed the challenge and the literature and um, the grandness of the scale mm -hmm. of what opera can be mm -hmm. um, while also appreciating chamber opera and what it can be when it's pared down to almost nothing. And right. that you can still tell these stories in an intimate way. Um, but it was really uh, Philip Glass that got me back into opera full-time um, and the director, Phelan McDermott, because uh, I did The Addams Family on Broadway with Phelan and right. he suggested I audition for Philip and uh, wow. that kind of brought me back into opera full-time and um, I wasn't really expecting it, but I was 30 at the time mm -hmm. and in the back of my head, my voice teacher had always said, oh, when you're 30, your voice is going to start maturing more. You might be right for opera. Right, right. Uh, so it kind of all just landed in my lap. Um, and then the big challenge was, um, well, the question was, do I want to stay in opera? Mm -hmm. And the challenge of it being, if I do want to stay, uh, can I just stick to contemporary opera and English language opera? Or right. do I really need to educate myself in, in this genre completely mm -hmm. and expand into traditional canon works? Mm -hmm. wow. So it was, it, was, it was tough. And I ended up making that decision and trying to really, you know, go for it and uh you know started doing wagner and verdi and um, wow. you know all these wonderful opportunities mm -hmm. um but every show there was new challenges right. things i i've been trained in you know right so rough yeah okay. the tv thing that that's just like dabble you know when i get a tv gig i do it but i've done hundreds of tv auditions and had two gigs that were worth talking about so that's right. a whole different well you we don't find too many of us on television i mean there used to be a time yeah. where i mean i remember i remember martina arroyo on the johnny carson show all the time and luciano was maybe a guest on some show or something like that you didn't see us on on tv too often and not and not singing so that that that's pretty different. That's pretty different. So so being that you said you started off um, uh, started off doing Broadway. 
which do you find more difficult? Is it the opera experience or the Broadway experience? Well, hmm. I would say opera is much more challenging and, and keeps me going um, on a daily basis and constantly learning new things. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, the schedule of Broadway is just... Yeah, oh, it's really, lethal. It's know, lethal. That, <laughs> that eight a week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. It really, it's your whole life, you know? Right. And I, I kind of miss it sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I miss... Because when I'm doing an opera and I don't get to that eight per week comfort level that you get on Broadway, mm -hmm. I and in opera every night feels like opening night. So that's when I miss... Broadway and I wish we could do you know yeah, a well, run of an opera where we do 100 performances well I would expand on that you said that eight per week comfort level that's comfortable to you that that knowing what what's the comfortable part that you know you're doing the same thing over and over or and and getting the same response or or um it's the uh, kind of like doing a show and being on stage and it feels like you're at home in your pajamas because yeah. you've done it so much okay and it's kind of a, a level of artistry and a level of listening and responding and being aware where you, I felt like I could do a show for a year or two years and still see new things every day. And it challenges you to push deeper and deeper and deeper, but while kind of existing in this really comfortable place where you're so familiar mm -hmm. with every nuance of everything. Right. I think that kind of, I, I, I'm listening to you talk about it and I'm reminded about uh, the opera tours I used to do. Um, mm. Yeah, those are, those are long gone. <laughs> those are long gone. We would bus and truck it across the country. And so, wow. um, um, yeah, I can see what you're talking about in an opera setting and having that comfort, being that comfortable, you know, with the same people all the time. Uh, putting right. on the same show, yeah, it's like you're right. It's like putting on uh, wearing your pajamas and and uh, and just whizzing right through it. Um, <laughs> do you do you see yourself as a brand? Uh, I guess so. Yeah, sure. I mean, it took me so long to feel like I had the right to identify as an opera singer, mm -hmm. and and then once I did, I realized I didn't fit neatly just into that box and I kind of was just like all right well I'm just an artist and it's okay that I sing an opera it's okay that I act you know I direct sometimes I mm. write sometimes and it's okay to just be an artist and um and enjoy the stage and all the opportunities that it presents mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but and I think that's part of my brand um and uh you know part of my brand is connecting as much as possible um right. I love I love um, the opportunity to connect with strangers over art and especially opera, mm -hmm. which can seem really inaccessible and people are hungry to learn about it. And when you peel back the layer and let people in mm -hmm. and kind of reveal yourself through mm -hmm. that art form, it's really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And another thing that I, in preparation for the interview, you said something about uh, you find inspiration from rap and hip hop. In your opera sure. thing, I I was fascinated. I had to add that as a question. What is that about? Um, well, you know, like an artist like Chance, um, Chance or even Kanye. Uh -huh. Yeah, and and these artists that are incorporating um, styles of music that, you know, like the the gospel influence on Chance the Rapper, for example, right. it just gives me chills. Right. Like in every song where he uses it. And it's so powerful. Mm -hmm. And that's a similar emotional experience to um, consuming opera mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. me. 
like that it's so grand mm-hmm. and it's like full scale zero to 100 mm-hmm. um and you know the it was interesting that Kanye put out these operas and he got a lot of flack for it. Right. Right. People were like, what are you doing? This isn't an opera. And music critics were like, this is an oratorio actually. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Started peeling back these layers and in a potentially harmful way, because what actually happened when Kanye wrote an opera and all these people showed up for it is a lot of people saw an opera for the first time. Right. And my, my definition of opera is like, if the composer says it's an opera, it's it's an an opera. opera. Right. And so, we then have the responsibility to um, continue to invite this new audience into what we're doing and saying it's also this and it's also this and um, to, it, it lifts up the lives, live arts completely mm-hmm. in a way when we connect opera to um, these other genres that are more mainstream. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a shift moving through the opera industry where singers are not being pigeonholed in yeah. just opera. Um, are you a part of that shift and, and do you see, do you think that's for the, the better, the better of the, the art form? Yeah, I, I like to think I'm a part of that shift and uh, I take a lot of pride in, um, I mean, first of all, on a personal level, coming from another genre and putting the work in to make myself an opera singer, like I, I'm very proud of that mm-hmm. and, and what it's taken to get to where I am now. Um, but also, it's it's not that crazy of an idea. We were just talking about it. And also, like, an artist like Beverly Sills, mm-hmm. who was on The Muppets and on right, these late night shows right. and, and friends with Carol Burnett and doing mm-hmm. comedy sketches. You know, opera has been more mainstream in the past than it is now. Mm-hmm, and we kind of some, somehow lost our connection along the way. And I think we have to rebuild those bridges. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, if I can be a part of that, then I'm totally in that fight. Right. That's wonderful. Yeah, I forgot about Beverly Sills. I should see on television all the time. Yeah. 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 The, and Carol Burnett, I, I, she was my favorite. So seeing, I remember seeing her <laughs> Carol Burnett doing sketches and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's some somewhere down the line it became elitist mm-hmm. to do, you know, to go to an opera or, or be someone who attended opera. And I don't yeah. know how that happened. Um, I can't, I can't figure it out, but yeah. Okay. So my Last question. This is the surprise question that I, I choose. Um, your Instagram post, you talked about you being seven years clean and sober. Yeah. And I wanted to say congratulations on that. Um, Thank you. Would Thank you. you would you mind telling me what your addiction was and yeah. um, and what was the catalyst that put you on the path to, to sobriety? Absolutely. So uh, I'm actually at this point, I'm uh, eight and a half years sober. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I um, had a drinking problem Mm -hmm. and a marijuana problem. Mm -hmm. And um, it was something that started in high school and I didn't really have a keen awareness of it. Um, And then I went through my 20s in college and just thought, oh, this is just part of being the age I am. Mm -hmm. And um, but then it started to affect my work. My work. And at, at that time, um, I was only doing musical theater, film, and TV. And, you know, I was intoxicated during performances all the time. Wow. And, um, you know, and on Broadway, to be fair, it happens a lot. And, really? like, wow. especially the Broadway of the 70s and 80s, it was even worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was, <laughs> wow. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. But it's not an excuse. And it's something I, I still um, have shame about that. Um, you know, I was doing shows 
drunk for people that were paying, you know, $350 and flying in from other states and stuff. Um, it was a very painful experience. Um, Mm -hmm. so it was when, um, people started to notice that I had a problem that it, I, I kind of realized, oh no, people are talking to me about this. That means it must be bad. And it was actually BB Newworth when I was doing the Adams family. Wow. Yeah. And that was a cast of legends. Yes, I absolutely. Since I was a kid, and she said to me, "It was a Sunday matinee, and we were at places." And yeah, yeah, she just said, "You know, you were drunk at the show last night. Please don't ever do that again." And I was just like heartbroken oh. because um, it just—it was a very painful thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to therapy, and then I went to AA, mm-hmm. and. Um, Thankfully, I took to sobriety like a duck to water. Like it was such a relief mm-hmm. to give up that burden. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was it was a journey for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really it lined up with my becoming an opera singer as well. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't be an opera singer in my previous state. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I had to get sober to be a singer because my my lifestyle didn't support it. You right. know, and right. so. You know, I turned 30, got sober, Adam's family on Broadway closed after I'd been working on it for five years and mm-hmm. doing it on Broadway for two years. And it was like, what now? And right. then like this light bulb of opera turned on and uh, things lined up. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a very dark chapter. Mm-hmm. It seems very long ago now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, almost nine years since I had a drink. That's a really big deal. For that me. is a fantastic <laughs> big deal. Yes, absolutely. Um, just to, to add on to that that question, do you, um, and I'm not asking you to name any names or anything like that, but um, considering the business that we're in, um, do, you, do you see the signs of that amongst some of your cast members? Um, whether that be Broadway or or opera? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really easy to see now that I'm out of it when mm-hmm. someone else is in it. And uh, and I talk really openly about my sobriety. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of times at the end of a, a long rehearsal, I'm sure you've found this, people are like, oh, let's go have a drink or, yeah. you know, whatever. Let's yeah. go back to the housing and, right. you know, smoke right and uh it's an opportunity always for me to say oh i'm sober actually i don't drink but you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. always happy to be your designated driver i'm happy to sit with you and drink water and listen to your story right. um you know i i'm i'm okay being around it and i i still like to connect with my colleagues mm-hmm. i don't want to completely alienate myself i no, see a lot about you Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, and socializing mm-hmm. with colleagues. It's really important right, to develop right. those relationships. Uh, but um, I, I think my question was, did you see you see it as becoming a problem with some with some yeah. you know, colleagues? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've seen it. I've been in rehearsal with people, and it's very obvious they're high. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's troubling, but I'm not uh, judgmental. No, that, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I notice. I you notice it. it. Yeah, because you've been in it, and you notice yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Another signs. Yeah. I, okay. I don't want to end on that note. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want. Okay. This is a happy one because this. I. I. I wanted to ask you this. Your sense of style is ridiculous. Oh, Who you. are your go-to designers? Who are the people that dress you? You know, I. 
I dress myself through um, a lot of trial and error. It's taken me like my whole adult life to find clothes that fit <laughs> because I'm six foot six. Well, yeah, um, you're fairly tall, right? Right. Yeah. So um, there's a, a awesome company called ASOS, mm-hmm. and I buy a lot of clothes there because they have a great line of mm. uh, clothes for tall people. They have a whole <laughs> shop for tall people, and it's actually like really fun stuff. Wow, um, I love yeah. that that jacket, the white jacket with the pattern. Um, I think you took oh, it in front of the mat, thanks. and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to put that question up. It's like you don't see that kind of clothing on opera singers too much. You don't see any that kind of flash. Especially on the men, the men wear the typical, the traditional black yeah. tuxedo and yeah. nothing, nothing too flashy, nothing to make them stand out too much. But at six six, you're gonna stand out. <laughs> I'm gonna stand out, and I've always been jealous of my of my female friends who are like pulling a gown out of their purse and it's wrinkle free, and they throw it on with like some bling, and I'm like, how dare you? <laughs> so, I you wish know. I could pull a gown out of my purse. I wish I could do that. Oh, that's well. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we always have one in the in the back pocket just in case you never know what what gala might be coming up while you're yeah. on a, on a gig. So there's yeah, there's always got to have a backup all the time. Yeah, where's my sequins? Where's my sparkles? Where's my <laughs> patterns? You know. So right. right. Well, Mr. James, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come on Juicy Interludes with Angela. And um, this has been great. I, I actually know who you are now and uh, look forward to seeing you just flourish, whether that be opera Thank or you. Broadway or film or television, wherever it is. I'm looking Thank so you. looking forward to it. And this interview has been very, very refreshing. I appreciate it. Thank you so very much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, and thanks for the awesome questions. Really. You're welcome. You're welcome. You take care and wash your hands and stay healthy. <laughs> Absolutely. Stay home.